0: Namaste, motherfuckers, and welcome to Tantric Conversation, episode number 84, Allison Miller. Allison, oh, my name's Curtis Payne, and this is my podcast, Tantric Conversation, a loose, looping, forgot to turn the music down. I'm out of practice. Obviously, I haven't posted one of these in a while. I actually recorded this podcast with Allison uh, weeks ago. And um, I get tangled up in my undershorts with work and everything else, and forget to sit down and do this. And I also like want to have another one lined up before I post this one. And I have another one lined up. I'm going to be um, I have Christina Marie, and I don't even know what her last name is uh, from Yenny Nostalgie coming over here later today. But back to Allison. So Allison is owner of the Taboo. Um, Lingerie and toy and marital aid or sex shop, whatever you want to call it. Taboo. You might know what taboo is. Maybe you don't know what taboo is. But Allison's owned it for quite some time now. I can't remember exactly how long. But since the uh, early ish 2000s. And um, I kind of knew her. I met her through sort of the rock and roll scene. When I was in the Devil Tones, uh, we played a tattoo convention. She was there, um, there was a whole bunch of Bucknellian stuff going on. We met and then I've kind of just I guess been friends on Facebook or various other social media and kind of just known what's up and more recently she's kind of attracted my attention because of her Throats to the Sky blog and the Instagram posts she does that are culled from that or part of that which are excerpts from her old journals. Um, that she's taking out and taking pictures of, and then typing the text. And in addition to that, she writes reviews of products that she sells at Taboo. Um, there's, it's all over the place, and you can easily Google her and find out more. But this is sufficient to say why I was interested in having her over for a talk. And I asked her to bring some of her writing with her, and I was thinking that she would read it, and then as is the habit with this show is it's like I just kind of go with what happens in the moment and while we were talking I realized I had a bag of my old journals of my own upstairs and they're from like 20 years ago or more and I went and got them and had her read them and one thing led to another and we had a a great time and a great conversation but she got out of here without reading any of her stuff and I'm kind of ashamed of myself. This sort of thing happens a lot. I don't do this on purpose. You got to know, I genuinely am interested in the people that I bring over here, but I'm like a puppy. I get worked up, I get excited, and I start knocking shit over and next thing you know an hour's passed and you know, we haven't gotten to what I wanted to get to, but that's sort of that's what this is about. You know, and hopefully something cool still happens even when it doesn't go according to plan. Cuz I just don't I'm not into planning. And I'm not into uh, constructing. And there's plenty of shit out there that is that way. It's planned and constructed and edited and perfectly executed and scripted. And if that's the kind of thing you like, you know, check that stuff out. But check this out, too. This is all about what happens when people aren't planning what they're doing. When I don't have interview questions, when I just have conversations. And many of you have heard me say this before. But if you're new, just so you understand. This is i'm inept i mean i don't know what i'm doing but it's also i meant to do that it's it's on purpose it's um say that hey you know it's um what happens when the mics are on stays and that's that's the plan and that's what we're doing but uh i do get i do get chagrined when i think back and i'm like god damn it i didn't get enough out of my guest (laughs) it was more me so make sure that you check out allison's stuff like you know, Throats to the Sky, you can find that, or you can go to her stores, Taboo, if you are a sexually liberated person who enjoys various kinds of kink and toys and whatever, have a healthy relationship with that sort of thing. She does, and so do the people that work there, a wonderful group. Um, Many of them post humorous things on Instagram and other social media about what they do there. I'm working my way towards that. I'm a weird, you know, kind of hybrid of shame-based, guilt-based Catholic boy. I'm also um, a white male in the, you know, 21st century that doesn't really know what he's supposed to do with himself. Um, You know, I'm cisgender and, you know, technically straight. I guess I have my leanings. I I live on some kind of a spectrum. But I, you know, basically I take personally what pretty much everybody is saying about white males, even though I know it doesn't always apply to me. I end up, being like god I just don't <laughs> I don't know how to express myself anymore I don't really know what to say I don't know what's okay for me to express sexually because it seems like as a 46 year old white male it very easily veers into creeper territory in a way that it didn't when I was say 22 or 25 um, and so I don't know I try to be sensitive to that stuff but then that leads to being a little repressed about sexuality and about you know what's what's okay to want and what's okay to do and you know what's just taboo um see what i did there because there's shit that's taboo just because this culture and the society decided that it has nothing to do with nature or morals or anything that's actually harmful to anybody just shit that we landed on at some point i don't know the british the puritans maybe there was some good reason for it at some time who knows but i'm still trying to pick that stuff apart and honestly i'm not super comfortable one way or the other knowing you know with that stuff with sexuality and i had a great time kind of because i think allison having done what she's been doing for a long time you know there's a therapist element to it there's an acceptance there's uh like hey you know you are who you are you and you know it's all good we we cater to whatever it is that you're into it taboo and um gosh it's kind of funny it's like that name tends gets to be ironic sort of um so you know we talked a little bit about it and then I was think, I was a little embarrassed by some of the things you know stuff read from my journal um things that I said but again I just have to suck it up and deal with that because my rules are what happens when the mics are on stays um but you know here here i am i mean i consider myself to be sort of a iconoclast and i consider myself to be fairly rebellious against convention but as i get older i get more and more concerned with my brand i have a job that's kind of you know i'm associated with somebody else's business and maybe they don't want that shit associated with them and then you got to consider that stuff and it's not like anybody's telling you you have to consider it it's not like anybody's making you do that but you might find yourself out of a job if somebody gets wind of something that you are into or have posted or said and they feel that it does not align with their values and their brand and then you know you're out of a job and i guess the argument could be made if you can't be your authentic self at your job then maybe that shouldn't be your job i'm not there yet you know i like this job I, it's been very crazy how i wound up in it it's almost seems like it was you know destined or some kind of there's some kind of purpose to it beyond breadwinning because of the lack the the amount of humility i've had to uh experience as a result of my early days with this job and then what what kind of you know stuff is going on but anyway i'm i'm fucking going off in left field about that and you are not on here to listen to me talk about that. You want to hear about Allison. So let us do the thing we do where we move on in to that conversation already in progress. Suffice it to say, I would like to have a healthier relationship with whatever it is my sexuality is. And I would like for you to as well. So maybe this conversation will take us in that direction namaste anyway so i'm rolling now all right cool it's very nice to see you and we were yeah (laughs) (laughs) we were catching up about the weather yes
1: yeah yeah i'm unhappy about the weather well i'm I'm happy about yesterday's weather i'm unhappy about tomorrow's possible weather and the little mini snowstorm that we had well if anything
0: happens tomorrow it's gonna melt so
1: i know that's true I'm just like ready for April. I'm just over it already. I'm a whiner. Yeah, I'm a winter whiner. Everybody
0: complains about the weather. No one does anything about it. I know. You know I know. Everybody? So lazy. <laughs> I think that's a Mark Twain line. <laughs> I've never heard that before. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of Mark Twain, now, uh, what you're the throats to the sky thing? Yeah, is that a, just an Instagram? Project. i like
1: how that was speaking of mark Twain. yeah yeah uh, that's a big that, leap but, yes you know. i'll take it um, Writing and what is it? <laughs> it was originally the instagram account was because i started reading over journals that i kept for like 20 years and i was reading them and i was i was taking excerpts from them and photographing the pages and photographing the journals as i was reading them um and then it kind of moved towards more current writing, and it's mm-hmm. still the project still goes back. The stuff that I put out there is some of it is from yesterday, and some of it is from years ago. Um, but the Instagram happened first, and now it's a website also, to dot com. It's my little
0: oh blog. So yeah, okay. Yes, yeah. I really enjoy it in um, on Instagram. Thank you, and I like that. I you know I like vignettish stuff yeah. you know just little bits it's almost like that exquisite corpse thing where you like roll over the paper you write one sentence yeah yeah know?
1: and yeah I am um, I used to put together more polished stuff you know I used to write a lot of poetry I wrote a very very bad novel once um really yeah it was terrible
0: why well, it was <laughs> was so terrible what was it it, about? Was,
1: it was very uh self-indulgent I think it was kind of it was about my life at the time, pretty much. And I was kind of going at it as, like, a female Bukowski, sort of. Mm. Um, so, you know, a lot of sex and drinking, drinking and, yeah, and, yeah. Nihilism. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. Um, but, yeah, it was it was kind of not good. Was that
0: something you were reading at that time, too, uh, Bukowski? Yes,
1: yeah, yeah. yeah. What do you, about uh,
0: so that's real attractive to people at a certain age. You know, somebody oh, gave yeah. me hot water music when I was... I think I was 20, 21.
1: Yeah, yeah. And
0: no, I, I loved that, you know, at the time. Yeah. But, but it, and it was also, did you go to school for... Did you study? Did you like go to...
1: I was an English major yeah. um, at first, and uh-huh. then I dropped out and went back for fashion merchandising.
0: How far did you get as an English major?
1: Not very far. I went about a year and a half um, and then kind of realized that, you know, I could enjoy reading and writing on my own, and right. all school was going to do is like prepare me to teach, which I didn't want to do. Mm-hmm. Um, so I kind of took a break to see if, you know, I'd rather go to school for something that might lead me more towards a career I'd want.
0: Was that at VCU? Yes. Did you hear that? Yeah. That's um you know so for, I, I went all the way with the English major. Yeah, thing. did you? Yeah, and you know I agree with you. The way that VCO's department was set up then, yeah. when I was there, which was like eighty uh, nine to ninety two ninety three, actually took me five years in a summer semester. First, yeah, but it it was kind of like it seemed like it was about people getting set up to teach. Yeah, and it, and it wasn't like, but I took every fucking literature course. Oh yeah, yeah. Offered. yeah. I like because that's what I was there for. I was. I never
1: really got to the good stuff, you know. I was there yeah. in the beginning, and so I was just, you know, getting the stuff out of the way that you have to get out of the way, and then I just kind of started questioning what I was going to do with my life, mm-hmm. and, and all that, as people do. Yeah, and so
0: Bukowski, <laughs> like, I mean, even that, like, they had some. There were some good courses. There was like 20th century novel and and um, something else, kind of along those lines, that where you got to read some more contemporary yeah. stuff, but it was yeah. still pretty. Like Western canon and all of that, right. so it's, it's Bukowski comes along and it's like, oh, you know, this is this very authentic right. voice, right? You know, yeah. and it's like I can't believe I just said it. right. I'm fucking so sick of people, doing <laughs> <it>. you know, <laughs> trying to get. I've been listening to a lot of radio people talking about politics and stuff, and they're when they're advancing a thesis they're like and so this and this and this right and oh. this and this right and I'm like just, just stop <laughs>
1: i'm sure i do that now i'm going to like catch myself <laughs>
0: <laughs> but like that that kind of you know now i look at that bukowski stuff and i'm like that is it's pathetic how <laughs> <Like, laughs> you think yeah cuz i mean i don't know i mean i i don't find the the life of a drunk very romantic Yes. Well, anymore, that's true. You know.
1: Certainly, certainly very romanticized. Um, Yeah, I think Bukowski kind of hits a hits that vein when you're when you're younger and you're, you know, everything is so so put together. And then here's this guy who's just like vomiting words out. It seems like, you know, and he's kind of giving you an excuse to to live the way that he lives. Um, right. But, you know, I still enjoy it. I mean, I've I still love Bukowski. I love I love what he did. But for sure, his life, I'm sure he was you know people shouldn't emulate (laughs) I shouldn't
0: say that he's I mean you know I guess what I mean is like my attitude of like romanticizing that lifestyle and being drawn to it like that and not even necessarily thinking about the writing but like you said you know it's kind of a an excuse uh to or is a justification for a lifestyle that you're probably already gonna right anyway you know and Um. um but I mean you know pathetic is probably a strong word it's like (laughs) it's because it is a phase i think right you know um but i mean and he is a good writer and it's an interesting yeah he's a great writer
1: and i think i think the the most value really that people should get from him especially young writers is that you can just be yourself and it doesn't matter what you do as long as you're authentic and you're you know you're you're honest and it's a lot better to just write just let it come out than try to craft it too much. I feel like it's better to err on that side and I think that Bukowski kind of, you know, gives people an excuse to do that as Mm -hmm. much as he gives people an excuse to get wasted. Right. (laughs) You know.
0: Yeah, well, there is that whole problem where it's like, and this was my thing (laughs) too, is like I saw the drinking and the writing as being, connected right and so right. like I moved to New York and I'm like I'm gonna be a writer and I'm gonna and I wasn't like I'm gonna be a writer for Rolling Stone I was like I'm gonna be a writer I'm gonna be sitting in my room with this typewriter and I'm gonna go have these experiences and yeah and, and I'm gonna be drinking in these bars and talking to people and m- all I did was drink yeah <laughs> forgot <laughs> yeah. about the writing <laughs> did do Just the writing the drinking. That's yeah right and and, it, and it's like um uh that that but that that like thing that you just said about um just doing it you yeah know, which yeah. i consider the punk rock ethos yeah right like and it has nothing to do with wearing safety pins in your nose it's like you're not you don't bother learning how other people did it before right, you do it right you know you just do it yeah right and it, um, fuck i did it again, right <laughs> god damn it well i don't mind it so you can do it <laughs> Uh, I I guess that's just proof that the shit that bothers me about other people is shit I do. Yeah, yeah, that's
1: probably true of everybody.
0: But, yeah, you know, I went to VCU um, because I wanted to study literature like people study art history and all that stuff. Because I I wanted to be a writer. So I I wanted to study all of these different ways that people had approached it. And I came out of there going, oh, shit, it's all been done. It's all been said. And then I had my head full of the forms and like, I I got up to almost graduate level. I didn't go to graduate school, but I took graduate level courses of deconstructing fiction Mm -hmm. where you, you know, that you basically get to this like, Oh, well there's what they're saying. And then there's the expression of the cultural mores of the time, Mm -hmm. the way that men and women are seeing you know, feminist literary theory, for instance, like gets you to see it from that, that viewpoint and how are women represented and all that kind of stuff. And, By the time I was like done learning all that kind of stuff, I couldn't read a fucking book anymore. That's the problem. There's such
1: a fine line, and I think there's. I mean, I think it's really valuable to learn um, and to study and to read and to and the technical aspects. I mean, all of that's valuable. But when you're when your head gets so full of that that you can't do the other thing, I think that's what the problem is. And I think the whole you know, write drunk, edit sober. I mean, I think like. Just letting it out and not paying any attention to what you're doing and then going back and and crafting it and letting that come in which I think is a reason that alcohol gets tied to writing so much because right. sometimes it's hard to just like get all the Turn shit out the of your brain inner and critic. yeah exactly yeah. so you just you know sometimes probably alcohol and also depression and writers and whatever mm-hmm. whatever but mm-hmm. that kind of a lot of the time I think allows people to to just get it all out onto the page and mm-hmm. then go back and clean it up maybe
0: <laughs> yeah I mean I kind of regret uh going I mean I'm, gre- I'm glad I, re- I read all of these books that I wouldn't have read otherwise yeah and it's it's been a very cool like um it given me an understanding of like say reading D.H. Lawrence gives me an understanding of that time period and the things that were changing then and, and, right. and reading Fitzgerald and and uh and um and Hemingway and all of these. Various people and reading Shakespeare and all—I mean, I'm really glad I have that under my belt, but it kind of ruined some aspect of writing for me until I read people like Bukowski. And yeah, yeah. And then Lester Bangs and and these, these rock writers and right, critics yeah,
1: it's like you have to kind of accept, you know, Hemingway was Hemingway and Hemingway wrote as Hemingway and mm-hmm. and not try to copy that and just mm-hmm. appreciate, you know, a writer's voice as you would appreciate any person, but not think. This is how he did it and he, you know, is, you know, experienced so much success. And so this is how I have to do it. And I think, and you know, and you shouldn't, I think what I was trying to do when I wrote my terrible novel was like, I'm going to do it Bukowski's way, Mm -hmm. you know, which wasn't my way, which is probably why it was terrible. So I think it's, as long as you're authentic, Jack Kerouac was the first person that kind of like made me, I was probably 15 when I read Desolation Angels and I was like, oh, you can just say what you're thinking. Like, that's it. That's all you have to do. And you know.
0: You don't have to put on some uh, authorial, right? Like, yeah, m- character, and you're not you're not sanitizing what you're doing, yeah, or, or your life, or the actual life out there. Henry Miller was that for me, yes, you know, because yeah. he's he's a very like obviously well read and educated guy, but he was also street smart and had this, and he came with that voice, yes, you know, yeah. <laughs> um. I have so many questions I want to ask you and they're all getting jumbled up in my head <laughs> the, so how, are you so sure that that book is so terrible oh yeah no it's terrible has anybody else ever <laughs> read it uh
1: yeah a couple of people have but it was it was a long time ago and it's terrible I um I've started trying to write short stories again kind of um I've really only finished one recently but I'm kind of you know I like I like the snippets from the journals and that sort of thing um but I'm kind of trying to See if I can branch out and craft something again, but I don't know.
0: <laughs> so when you first started um, reading these old journals, mm-hmm. like you, you, I guess parts of the writing did did they did you like them better out of context or did some of this bother you <laughs> when you read that it? Would it like, have
1: bothered me. It was it was really interesting, especially the ones, um, the stuff that I wrote twenty years ago, because it was. It was so very me, but young and stupid, you know? Mm -hmm. But it was I was surprised how much I still related to it and how much it still sounded like me, and also surprised at, you know, how young and dumb I was. Um, So, you know, a lot of it, a lot of what I was reading was personal experiences, like diary-type things, and so it was Mm -hmm. interesting to remember relationships I had that, like, definitely played out differently than I remembered them, you know, and that kind of thing. Um, As far as actual writing... um, yeah, it was it was some of everything. Some of it was like horrifying and some of it was like, oh yeah, I said that. That was cool. I liked that, you know. Yeah. So
0: I guess that's the stuff that goes on the Yeah. Block. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> did you bring do you did you bring any of the actual journals with you or did you bring some like I didn't. newer writer? Writing?
1: I uh, I printed some stuff out from from the website though. Cuz I
0: just had this crazy idea. Yeah. I have a whole bunch of journals in a bag upstairs of my own. Oh. like, ton, like 10, 15 yeah. of them. And I was thinking maybe we could swap them.
1: Oh, yeah.
0: But maybe maybe I'll just give you one of them that you <laughs> read stuff out of it. That would be awesome. Okay, hang on a second. I'm going to pause this. Okay. Oh shit. Oh no. Spilled my So, yeah, I just went up and got a bag of journals and Allison's got three of my journals in front of her.
1: Yes, I'm so excited.
0: And <laughs> <laughs> these are from uh, the 90s when oh, I was awesome. like an aspiring writer and there might be some drawings of a sexual nature oh nice in there too to which is right up your alley yeah what did you say to your mom that uh about <laughs> writing in sex I don't know it's something like sex is my is uh oh it wasn't
1: r- to my mom it was to um somebody somebody was asking about because I have a, a blog for my kids also and I was saying something about it. I hadn't updated it in a while and I said that um uh, I said I don't remember oh, I said like
0: Sex, was your jam is my, and
1: sex is my peanut butter and love is my jam.
0: But it, no, some, it was writing is my... It was basically putting writing in a lower... Or, um, oh, was it sex somehow. and then writing? I don't remember. Yeah, yeah. No, fuck. <laughs> I liked but, that. <laughs> Thanks. That's um, what know, it's what's, all about, sex and writing. It's pretty wild, and I'm like, okay, so this is a lesson in vulnerability. I'm, yeah. like, I'm just hang, handing you like shit I wrote. when I think there's a, di- a date up there in the corner. Yeah, of the so this
1: is December 29th, 1996.
0: Just, yeah, and I had a girlfriend uh, in the early 90s that got a hold of that black one oh, yeah? under there while I was at school. One day, did she learn
1: things she shouldn't have learned? Yes, she did. Oh no!
0: And didn't tell me for like a long time. Oh no! And then just like hit me over the head with the shit. Oh, <laughs> like, I
1: like the big motherfuckers. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah. Now, see, some of th- I think that's getting into be- living in New York and being. Oh. you Oh, know, so which um, one should I read? Should I read? I like just start with that one right there. Okay. I guess. But, All right.
1: Um, I'm just gonna start on the first page here. If I can read yeah. your handwriting, your handwriting is actually way better than mine. Nobody can read my handwriting.
0: That book is falling apart. I Holy know, shit!
1: Sad. All right. So this is December 29th, 1996. Well, something shit. I wanted to say holy shit, but I don't think it does. Something shit. I'm dedicating shit. another... Maybe maybe you spelled holy, H-O-L-E-E. Would you have done that? Yeah, holy... All right. yeah, holy yeah. shit. There it is. Yeah, is. <laughs> I'm dedicating another journal. Dedicating... Yes. Here... I am in my old room in Richmond, Virginia, fully in the throes of my usual drunken ecstasy. This is good. <laughs> Tonight I took it easy because last night I could barely hold myself down. That's what I do here. My imaginary walls come up and I start bouncing off of them. My, my practice tape makes me so hopeful but john's indifference makes me deflate i guess someone who is unable to give me encouragement something something
0: (laughs) terrible handwriting
1: (laughs) his no hold on his no into something cheerleading (laughs) that definitely was cheerleading Um, Can't take time out to recognize someone else's needs I can't let that get to me (laughs) What a bitch (laughs) I know I've made significant progress as a musician And it doesn't matter if John can't or won't Something that back to me
0: Reflect Yes Mm. Very
1: good Reflect Uh, (laughs) Somebody and I had a delightful conversation But eventually we had to come around to how I'm a scammer and a bullshitter I don't know. Maybe I should just accept that I am and stop fighting it. Screw it. it. The shit don't matter anyway. (laughs) I feel a little bad about myself right now, and my overindulgence is, of course, at the heart of it. Forget the mirrors and look inside to that still voice of God. Which I hear very loudly on Christmas Eve, or heard very loudly on Christmas Eve. This is a few days after Christmas. I want something I must pay attention to it, realize my vision, make it real, play, play hard, write, keep it in the road.
0: Keep it in the road, yeah. That in was the my mom's lines all the time. Oh nice. That's a good a good place to stop. Yeah. I guess. <laughs> nineteen ninety six yeah I guess that was coming back from New York after I'd started playing music up there, okay, and that's I started playing music because I didn't know anything about it
1: well, that's a good reason, you know? yeah, and, and
0: I wanted it to feel like- you know writing did before I went to school
1: right, yeah, that makes sense,
0: so I refused to uh, everything that I've learned about playing music, I learned it from playing music
1: that's great I haven't I feel gone like to that's school a good way to do it that
0: kind of thing. Yeah, yeah I mean and that's I think that um that's why I so I like that you're you're doing that and like just putting these little bits yeah out there because the hardest thing I think about writing and about is putting it out there yeah you know and then yeah, thinking sure. about putting it out there while you're writing it yes and oh being that's really the word right? yeah or or whatever like you're, you're you're thinking of all of what all these other people are gonna think when they're reading it while you're writing it right and, and I you know.
1: found that when I think about that the writing is terrible you know it's yeah. like I just have to like write in my journals for myself and then. You know go back and read stuff that I've written and pull from it or not or whatever but I mean I might I might you know scribble in a journal all night long and then there's nothing that I want to put out there and that's fine because Mm -hmm. it's still there for me and it's valuable for me but if I find myself thinking especially because there's so much about people in there you know like Mm -hmm. uh you know um sensitive stuff about people Uh that if I start uh thinking like oh I can't say this because they might know who I'm talking about or whatever you know then it's just like terrible i just have to write what i want to write and then if it's not smart to put it out there i won't put it out there
0: (laughs) yeah yeah i I mean there's you you really and that i mean it fucked me up for a while to like be honest in my journals because you know that girlfriend read it and yeah this could happen at any time yeah you know
1: well my uh my current journals are in a secret location (laughs) Mm. my anything that i've written like in the past year is is not
0: a very secret place do one more open that black one up to the middle and you can, all right
2: that's oh, oh yes! my god yes <laughs>
0: perfect
1: this is awesome uh how do i <laughs> how do i read this exactly i, I wouldn't
0: you can desc- <laughs> well you can describe this, it's it it's a beautiful
1: There's beautiful erotic, erotic drawings yes mm-hmm. we've got we've got a woman on top and then we also have cowgirl. yes front cowgirl. facing cowgirl front yes. facing mm-hmm. we've mm-hmm. got some some nice felicio. Uh, Yeah, I like the aspect there.
0: Not bad drawing. Very good. Very good. I like this. Now, that's, you know, one of the things about these journals is I've thought I can't leave these behind if I die because somebody might find those and see those drawings. You know what?
1: It's really interesting you said that because I had um, a woman come to Taboo and bring me boxes and boxes of stuff that she got from her uncle's house when he died. And there was. All kinds of porn, but also a lot of erotic drawings, sketch pads and stuff, which mm-hmm. I saved because they are just amazing. I'm going to frame a couple of the pieces. But you yeah. know what's
0: funny? One of the most, um, like, I wouldn't say embarrassing, mm-hmm. but, like, of all the things that you just read in that, uh-huh. that last one, the still small voice of God was, like, the most, like... Oh, really? Like, yeah. <laughs> and, and that I was saying that when I was 26, because that's, like, some recovery yeah, language now that, for like, sure. you know... I I I did not think there was the seeds of that yeah. there before.
1: Yeah. See, it's interesting to like go back and realize that there were things going on. It's a continuum. You
0: know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. For sure. See if you can find a, a writing and there's a lot of like drawings in the middle of that thing, but like here. Oh yeah, and it flips was because it out? starts okay. at one point. All right. I let let think me that's see
1: where the.
2: <laughs> oh
1: wait, this one starts with the police. so I'm reading this, but Ooh. I don't know what the date is. The police knocked on the door at 3 a.m. While they rattled the plastic, something in front of my house, my roommate, Chris, maybe, peeked out of a corner of his bedroom and watched them while I something upstairs with a pair of fleshy black...
2: Buns. Buns. Uh (laughs) Uh-huh. You're really hitting the good... (laughs) Stuff there. (laughs) To something something.
1: (laughs) I can remember that my hands were nearly covered, nearly covered each ass cheek and the rubber seemed to glow in the dark with latex luminosity. Woo! Oh
0: my God.
1: In the morning I woke up something. My bedroom door was halfway open. I knew I did not leave it that way and vaguely remembered someone someone's something
0: having been there
1: yes wow Mm -hmm. look at you (laughs) having been there when i went to sleep i could remember the dream i was having before i woke up this is strange because you don't usually dream or remember your dreams when sleeping drunk the dream had me in paris i was there with a friend but i don't remember who we were supposed to be finding our way to the place
0: to la concorde yes i remember that dream
1: I think we were staying there. I saw a sign pointing the way.
0: Out of the subway or something?
1: Mm, No, the way something. He started to go. He started to go then indicated direction, but I didn't. I was in no hurry and felt it invigorating to be there. It was snowing and cold. Everything was silvery iridescent yes mm-hmm. iridescent i know where i knew where to go but i wanted to speak to someone using the french i knew i met a man in a church and spoke to him but he but he insisted on english i knelt at an altar where he fed me something soup and brandy he put me in something white volvo and we drove through alleys while a girl going walked a girl something young walked beside us speaking to me in french i woke up then nothing something happened but the intensity of feeling like i was really in paris was was it angering pa- annoying
0: I, I wouldn't be angering or annoying but
1: i wouldn't think so what's that last word
0: Amazing. <laughs>
1: Amazing. That's better than angry. It's <laughs> a good place yeah. to stop. All right.
0: That's that's interesting. Hmm.
1: Yeah. I like that you write more about the dream than the sex. Like what happened to that?
0: <laughs> yeah, I think uh I was even then I was kind of j- jaded about the sex, you know. Yeah. It's it's kinda weird I, I don't I remember I know who I was talking about there and like mm-hmm. I had been after her for a while, but then I got her and I was kind of like, um, that conquest.
1: Yeah. You know? Yeah.
0: And, um, there was other things around that I actually ended up dating her later and, and again, later on and, yeah. and stuff. And then she became a friend of mine and actually I'm not talking to her right now. It's kind of weird. That oh that's what you yeah. up to it's, um, but that the Place de la Concorde. So I'd never been I've never... I've been to Paris now, mm-hmm. but, like, I hadn't been there, but I had this very vivid picture of coming out of the metro into that area and somebody telling me that that's where I was. Yeah. And I had no... That place didn't mean anything to me. Um, like, I don't even think, like... I, it's not like the Champs-Elysees or some shit like that that you you hear about. Right. Like the Louvre or whatever. Um, but there it was, right? And then yeah. I...
1: I noticed it that time. <laughs> <laughs>
0: then I went to Paris with my um, my parents many years later, like when I was 28. Uh-huh. I think that was 23 or 24 when I lived on Parkwood Avenue. And um, the uh, I, I took the metro to there and got out there for some reason. Yeah. And I think it actually is kind of close to the Champs-Élysées. It looked exactly like coming up out of the metro yeah. there. looked exactly like it, it did in oh, that wow. dream. That's It's cool. really bizarre. Yeah. yeah. I think they beheaded a lot of people there. I think maybe I'd heard oh. that. That was put during the French Revolution. I think Monsieur Guillotine Guillotine saw a lot of blood in gotcha. that spot. But So we're writing in sex here. Yeah, yeah. How did you get... I remember vaguely that you were working at Taboo originally, right?
1: Yes. Well, it was um, it was called Taboo Lingerie. It was a different store, but almost the same name. Um, and I worked there for a couple of years. And then she went out of business, and I bought up the remaining inventory and took over the lease and changed it up a little bit. How old were you? 22.
0: How the fuck did you do that? I
1: don't know. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it was really scary, but it wasn't a very big investment because there wasn't a lot of inventory. So I mm-hmm. kind of just you know built it up from there i just decided to go for it and um yeah i was dating somebody at the time and he was like oh i'll take care of this you'll be fine if you fail you know with like his like tattoo artist salary or whatever Mm -hmm. i'm like sorry baby we got this yeah i don't know um but yeah yeah i just kind of went for it and built it up and now there's three stores and i've expanded the broad street store a bunch and
0: so um first i'm you don't like i mean you you did you You basically just took over the LLC, or did you start your own? No, I started my own. Okay,
1: Yeah, it was a different um, corporation, and I started my own.
0: And, like, I mean, you seem to have managed to walk a pretty good line there with that, where it's not, you know, some peep show type shit like that old right. adult books place on where Ensuboka is Yes now. yeah Even yeah. though many of those things can be found you you still We've got, got all st- the things sell, but, but the, we've
1: got we've yeah. got all the things except for the viewing booths um but we've got a very different vibe I think you know it's a lot more welcoming and female friendly and couples friendly I have all of the kink like it's definitely not soft you know mm-hmm, um mm-hmm. but it's presented in a in a fun and friendly you know not back alley type way
0: yeah well that's I mean that's a really amazing thing and it feels it has always felt even when you were I think that's how were you 22 when I met you or like 23 this was we met at the tattoo convention yeah you know, yeah like it, it, I, it had to have been between 2000 and 2003 when I was in that band yeah
1: so. um yeah it was probably I was probably about that age. it was probably right after I took over
0: and I even remember then having the sense that I mean cuz I mentioned feminist literary theory mm-hmm. before and you know my relationship with sex and all of that stuff I mean somewhat is catholic boy shit some of it is southern boy you know polite society shit and some of it is being you know legitimately confused about whether it's exploitative or or empowering or freeing yeah you know? and like I, I mean I think you were way ahead of a woman saying and especially in fucking Richmond and the size <laughs> Richmond was then. Yeah. To say, I'm just gonna I'm put I'm gonna own my sexuality and put I'm gonna make a business out of my sexuality yeah. on Broad Street. And like that's I mean incredibly courageous not to Thanks. You know Thanks. I couldn't have done something like that. I mean the idea that you just saw like erotic drawings I did in my journal 10 years ago I would have fucking yeah. like that would have mortified me you
1: Oh, know? I, sex yeah. is so important and it's so hidden and I just think that's silly you know I mean it, not everybody is gonna is gonna put their stuff out there as much as I do and that's totally understandable I mean I write toy reviews and I you know you have details of my masturbation around the internet and that's not for everybody but um,
0: do you, where do you where can I find that
1: <laughs> <laughs> taboo rva.com is where my Sex blog and my toy reviews are and and all that. Um, so oh, I, I gotta look at what so you. So that me. you
0: just remind in this bag, I've saved this uh. article from the New Yorker about a dominatrix called Nurse oh, Wolf. Nice. And I once wanted to name a band Nurse Wolf, but I really loved this <laughs> article because she talks about how what she does is therapy yeah for the people Says so sees
1: herself as a healer yeah, yeah for sure absolutely yeah, read,
0: read a little bit of that just for shits and giggles the man yeah.
1: nurse wolf called the bug cruncher used to show up at her studio carrying old cloudy tupperware containers labeled with strips of masking tape lasagna april 97 or spaghetti sauce never mind the labels the tupperware contained insects the man had captured in his yard He started with beetles, and then he brought roaches and slugs. As time passed, the creatures got bigger. One day, he brought a live mouse. Nurse Wolf said to him, I draw the line there. I never said I'd do a mouse. Please, the man pleaded, it's half dead anyway. This was because it had been in the Tupperware container, which had no breathing holes. I'm like, no way, Nurse Wolf told me, but she had agreed to do the others. She had to wear open-toed mules with high heels while the man lay on his side on the floor, the bug's eye view, in Nurse Wolf's phrase, touching himself. Stab it with your heel slowly. He wanted her to tease and torment the creatures. Then he would say, "Crush it and clutch himself." Wow, that's yeah. great.
0: That's a great article. I should like xerox it for you or something like that. I've yeah, hold on to it for so long. It's that's it, awesome. It, yeah, it kind of inspired me. I mean, I like I kind of feel like as a man, like I'm so much more confused about like how to express sexuality because so much of it is reflected back to me in the writings that um, I see on Facebook and all over social media as like, it's creepy or it's right. You know, it's, uh, I, I don't know. Like I, I'm very confused, especially with, you know, when a woman says, I want you to hit me. Right. You know? <laughs> or I want you to choke me. and shit. Yeah. And I'm like, I'm, you know, and when it
1: gets into that, I think, I think, you know, it's, it's all about uh, communicating and having a really open conversation. I think people need to be, Um, honest with themselves and their partners about what they're into and the partner needs to you know try to understand not do anything they're uncomfortable with but um, you know just try to try to understand it together so that hopefully you can enjoy the same thing or you know if it's something that one person's totally uncomfortable with the other person should you know realize that that's that's not good to do something Mm -hmm. the other person's uncomfortable with and find another way to express what they want Um, but I think there's so little communication sometimes because people are embarrassed and people hide. And um yeah, I mean, you're not gonna, you know, sex can be so fulfilling and, and full and it's mm-hmm. just not if you and fun and fun. Yes. And it's not if you, if you kind of tuck it away. And, but
0: the fuck, the thing is, is like you could have an awesome relationship with somebody and they find out your kink, you know, right. and like, you know you're taking an enormous risk because they may I mean I've had it happen with stuff that isn't even that fucking kinky yeah yeah finding internet porn that destroyed a relationship
1: yeah and I think that I think that that is because people don't talk about it enough you know I think mm -hmm. that um somebody might tell somebody else a fetish and and the other person might be shocked but they're probably shocked because they don't realize how common that fetish is you know because nobody's talking about it Mm-hmm. Um, which is the problem? I mean, there's there's nothing you know as long as nobody's getting hurt and everybody's adults, you know there's there's nothing wrong. There's no right. wrong thing to enjoy, um, right? Yeah. And if you if you love somebody or you just you know want to be with somebody, it's good to try to you know understand what they enjoy and mm-hmm. and deliver it.
0: <laughs> but it's I mean that is as hard a thing I think to risk asking for. I mean, it's a whole other level of vulnerability. Yeah, no, it's true. It is. You know, people can't even say, I I just need you to listen to me. I mean, men can't say you hurt me. They just get mad. Yeah. Yep.
1: Yeah. And I think that's why people should also ask their partners what they want, you know, Mm -hmm. kind of try to open the door um, and, and let people know that it's okay. You know, that you're going to listen, that you're not going to be freaked out. Um, I think that, I think that, Helps. Everybody needs to just keep an open. Everybody just needs to, damn it, keep an open (laughs) mind and express themselves and do all the fun sex things. (laughs)
0: Well, it's a very—I mean, it's 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 like the third rail of of so much stuff because Mm -hmm. we have been. I mean, there's all of the the puritanical and Victorian attitudes about sexuality. There Mm -hmm. are the ways that people have interpreted religion and Mm -hmm. and its attitudes about sexuality. There's the obvious ways that men have controlled women and controlled Mm -hmm. their sexuality. Mm -hmm. And we're all very mixed up about like, you know, what what aspects of, say, monogamy or discretion or intimacy or whatever really are somewhat like about something being sacred and can it be sacred or is it all just this not that big a deal animal function you know oh no
1: i think i mean i think it's definitely sacred i think i think intimacy is huge monogamy is right for some people and it's not right for other people um you know it's it's figuring out what works for you what works for your partner or partners um but there's definitely you know all all sex is intimate in some way either right. you're deeply in love with the person or you have very strong sexual feelings, you know, or, mm-hmm. or whatever. Um, But it's all intimate, and I think that's what makes it good, no matter what it is. And it doesn't have to be with the love of your life. Um, You know, it can be a gangbang in a bathroom in a bar or whatever, mm-hmm. but it's just recognizing how, you know, how alive it is and and all of the sensation that goes along with it, whatever it is, is... It's my it's my jam. <laughs> it's my yeah, peanut butter. <laughs> it's your jam. Bring sex is my jam. So it yep. was
0: writing is my jelly. No, writing is my peanut butter. But sex is my jam. Or <laughs> I goddamn wish I could remember. It's, it's on Instagram. Yes. As you mentioned that, I feel like I've got all of these. Whether it was, I mean, there's lots of. I've had lots of casual sex. It didn't mean anything. Mm-hmm. You know, it was, I guess, compulsive. Yeah. You know, in yeah. my life, especially when I was drinking. Mm-hmm. Um, but there's always. A memory from it that's like one of those lines that you put yeah. on Instagram. It's like there's a sentence. Yeah, you know, there is a vignettish moment. Yeah, you know, a position, uh, the way the light hit it. Yeah, you know. Yeah, and I mean that really is my. I mean, when I read about like what is a sexual addiction and 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 like what's being a nymphomaniac or mm-hmm. any of those kinds of things, it's like you engage compulsively in sex without joy. Right, you know? right, yeah. But, like, I mean, I feel like the joy in it for me in times when maybe it wasn't the actual act was <laughs> is this these little memory, these little poetic, you know, yeah. uh, slots that exist. Yeah. And I've wanted to taste as many of those, as have, peek through as many of those little, slats in the blinds as possible I love having all of those in my head yeah but like I also at this stage in my life want to be you know like I want to be monogamous that is right for me and Mm -hmm. one of the main reasons it's right for me is because I couldn't handle it to be with somebody who was with other right yeah yeah and as enlightened as I would attempt to be philosophically my like you know caveman (laughs) reptilian cortex shit is like not okay with it yeah yeah it's
1: hard it's very hard i think um i think monogamy is very hard um but we get so jealous and it's interesting because it's you know i don't i don't think that monogamy is right for a lot of the people who are in monogamous relationships Mm -hmm. um i've been in plenty of monogamous relationships i would love to be and you know i would love to not need monogamy but i probably am a person who does also and it's mm-hmm. it's kind of a thing that i've struggled with because it's like why does it matter you know like if i'm having a good time with this person and then tomorrow they're having a good time with somebody like that makes so much sense and i like that idea it's great mm-hmm. except for when i picture it happening and then i'm like ah you know yeah. so it's um it, it's really just being honest with yourself and figuring out what 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 you want to do you know either you're gonna if you're gonna be monogamous you need to actually be monogamous so before you like make that
2: right commitment
1: make sure that you're doing it because that's the worst is when you're being yeah. deceitful um and if you can't do it then don't do it and find a way to to you know cope with what might be going on or whatever um but i think that's just another instance where people i don't need know to how the fuck honest. people
0: do that shit the polyamory thing i really yeah don't. but you know like, what the <laughs> people
1: who do it i mean they're, they're people who do it and they and they're totally comfortable and I envy that because I think that's great I mean I would love to to be able to be with several people and have those people be with other people and be fine with it like that sounds awesome I just don't know you know (laughs) I don't know if I'm ever gonna be totally fine with that but but it really is just about figuring out what's what's right for you and it's different for everybody and nobody should judge anybody um you know for for their lifestyle and who they choose to love and fuck and
0: I suppose people shouldn't and I think this is a a thing that i'm as i navigate like traditional stuff and being liberal as i've always been that i think the thing that bothers me now or i see is problematic is when people who are liberated and are comfortable with that stuff they almost push that as what should be as much as the old mores were pushed on people. yeah yeah like you should all we should all be this way because that's forward thinking in this society. Oh, well you know that's I mean? not
1: good. I don't feel yeah. like I've seen a lot of that. But yeah, that's that's certainly not. I mean, it's it's really just about, you know, being who you are and and loving who you love and doing what you want to do and there's certainly no right or wrong as long as you're being true to yourself and your partner or partners.
0: Yeah, and it's tough to be. I mean, there's just kind of nothing that we've gotten more mixed signals about than yeah. Or, than yeah, for real.
1: <laughs> Absolutely.
0: I was dating somebody recently who was like, I want you to do X, Y, and Z. It's my favorite, you know, and it Uh involves like calling her a slut, choking her. She's not going to hear this. I don't think so, (laughs) Uh, but even though it doesn't matter. And and I was like, you know, I as a feminist man, like Mm -hmm. feel that like I shouldn't do this. And I'm really confused with what women want when I hear you know the notions of abuse and the notions of not a notion i mean like the very real problem of abuse and um and male dominance on so many levels and patriarchy and like all of this stuff and you're asking me to do that i don't like i don't know how to navigate that and she said this mm -hmm. is really awesome and i mean i'm 46 years old and this after you know all of this education i've had and reading like Uh, And, uh, you know, feminist literary theory, an entire book of that. And all of these writers in college, she said, it's about choice. Yeah. She yeah. said, feminism is about choice. You know, I get to that's choose great. how I'm going to be yes. right now. Or, and and I was like, wow, that really. Yeah, that's
1: that's <laughs> awesome. That's really great that you put it that way. And yeah. that's true. And I think that's an example of why you have to have the conversation. You know, instead of instead of you being like, nope, I'm not going to do that. You, you know, you said, I don't understand. I'm uncomfortable. Can you explain to me? And mm-hmm. then you understood more. And I think I think that's, you know, that's really what it comes down to. And mm-hmm. as far as stuff like that goes, you um, I think you know a lot of women like being dominated and men too for the same reasons I'm sure because um because they they have it together all the time in real life you know and mm-hmm. it's it's kind of freeing to not to not be in control or be responsible and a lot of the you know and there's all different levels of that I mean there's yeah. like being tied up with a silk scarf and then there's being like punched in the face and called a slut you know yeah. um but yeah but it all comes from somewhere else and I don't think um, you know, that, that people should necessarily jump to like, oh, no, am I abusing you? You know, and, yeah. and definitely just try to figure out where it's coming from with that person.
0: Yeah. Well, it's, it, I mean, it's a pretty uh, um, rocky road. There's just, yeah. I mean, I've, I've definitely, and when I say sample, I mean like as if I were doing something like Masters and Johnson. Like I've <laughs> I've had a lot of experience. I mean, I'm 46 and I've been sexually active since I was 17 and I've really gotten you know multi, many different states you know been yeah on. and it's very interesting to me that the women that are the most that i've that have been the most like pr, like open and 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 wild sexually actually a lot of them have have had some kind of abuse yeah in the, in the past yeah and it's a very like um i mean maybe it's not my place to theorize about that but i wonder if it's a control you know the choice now the choice right. constantly because there were some this lack of choice yeah. in the past. But I mean, that's it is safe. so prevalent yeah. just in general, how much that's happened. Yeah. You know, like it's kind of a downer to yeah. talk about, but like, I mean, it is, I don't think I've met so many people that have some kind of fucked up shit. Yeah. In the past. And, and if
1: I've, that's a situation that you're in, if you're with somebody um who's suffered abuse and they're wanting you to do something that you're uncomfortable with, I think talking to them again like I feel like that's what I keep saying but you know and, and finding out like why do you like that how does it make you feel and if mm-hmm. it makes them like you know curl into a little ball and want to die but also they come then that's a little bit different <laughs> than like you know it makes me feel free it makes me you know so I think and that's a way to be more comfortable with with what you're doing and
0: I gotta say, I mean, I I I watch the the Instagram posts um, from Taboo and also mm-hmm. people that work there, mm-hmm. and I mean, there's a level of titillation involved. Yeah, good. <laughs> but there's also me really saying, I, I I envy what I think is this freedom there. Yeah, I don't feel like I can be that way. I I really uh. I you know and. I mean, just as a white male in general right now, I I feel like, what's okay?
1: It is a lot easier for women, I'm sure. I mean, I'm sure, you know, men worry about, you know, we don't get called creepy really, probably as much as as men would when we're, you know, I don't know, walking around the store with a strap on or whatever. Um, (laughs) Right. (laughs) Yeah, that that probably makes it easier. Um, But yeah, no, taboo is an awesome, fun, Yeah, like a picture of me brandishing
0: one of those butt vagina things versus like, one of your employees, you know, <laughs> posing with three dildos. Right. Like, it's a completely different. Yeah, thing. I guess. You would be it like, is. what a sick, sad <laughs> but motherfucker. But also, like, you face. would be in your
1: house and I'm in a store.
0: <laughs> well, yeah, but, you know. I'm not always in a store. Right. I mean, but let's say a guy works at Taboo. <laughs> yeah. Like, do you have yeah. any guys
1: working? We don't know.
0: No. So let's say, you know, you have a guy dressed up like you have, you know, the employees that I've seen on there and some of the yeah. fetish gear. And, like, I mean, there was a picture once of a. One of the the girls with like three very large, uh, yeah, you know, um, dildos or whatever mm-hmm. laid out in her hands and feet, and she like sort of describes like yeah, you know, and somebody's <laughs> like that one's really big, and she was like yeah, it was kind of a stretch, and like it's it's totally fine. Like I mean, yeah. it seems very lighthearted and and cute and shit. But if that was a dude and like a pocket <laughs> pussy and like um, you know
1: well i think i don't know i think a dude could do it on taboo's instagram you know i mean i think Maybe if he i was think gay. it's the i th- either way <laughs> i think it's the i think it's the format too. like you know mm. you're dealing with an adult store with people who know product and they're talking about product and that's probably mm. a little bit different than um you know that probably helps how it comes off
0: <laughs> yeah i mean it just I, I i i don't i like i mean it's it's somewhat so like i'm saying it's it's somewhat titillating but it's it's also very like it's sort of setting a like. There's some like like blockage. Yeah, I got going on. You know that like this is a uh, beacon. You know to some degree. Yeah. Like, but there there are so many. I mean, I remember reading an article. Somebody. This is this really cool article to me. This about yeah. Nurse Wolf, right? Yeah. And she's like her attitude about what she's doing for these men and like how she's helping them. You know. They have these compulsions, the, you know, like this guy wanting to watch her crush bugs while he jerks off. Yeah, you know, he needs that, and she's giving yeah, it to him. You know, right. but somebody wrote, like later issue, you know, um, issues of the New Yorker wrote articles, uh, letters in, saying that woman is fucked up, and that shit oh, is fucked no. up, and like those men are probably uh, violent offenders, and they're probably this and probably that, and oh. like it's pretty, um, it just feels like like. I mean, you would think that it's like this world is designed for male sexuality and male gratification, but it doesn't fucking feel like that. It feels like you step too far over here and you're going to be all over the fucking, you know, you're Anthony Weiner. Yeah. You're like Donald Trump right now because he got he might have liked getting somebody piss on his face. So fucking what? Yeah. Really? Yeah. I I don't like the guy, but is it really fair to like out his fucking his kink? let out everybody's
1: kink and then nobody will think anything's weird anymore
0: <laughs> yeah really I mean but and sh- to shame him based right on kink yes, is what no, I mean you definitely know, like not. and, definitely and not. I mean and honestly I think even if you don't like somebody like him mm-hmm. and I don't like him and mm-hmm. I don't want him to be the president I still would want to treat him the way that I would want to be treated in a sure, public forum absolutely. you know yeah and it just it feels like there's so many ways that a dude can really fucking go wrong like yeah just being how he feels like being sexually and like you know and there is definitely the creeper thing if you're good looking then you're not creepy (laughs) if you're not good looking you're creepy that's true it's true yeah that's a pretty uh pretty tough road yeah walk there but so now there's that's the of taboo the um the spirit of it and but as a and you have come up across I mean somebody did a mural of a a beaver and a Yeah, a girl, girl
1: feeding her pet beaver. Yeah. A pink beaver. And,
0: and that ha- did that come down or did that happen? No, to no,
1: be- that's up. Yeah, it we got some uh, some people thought that the woman looked like a child and also that it would attract children because it was a bright colorful mural and there was a little bit of uproar but i mean there's it's it's an adult woman feeding her beaver and you know it's not for kids so yeah and a kid is not gonna
0: know that a beaver beaver is no
1: i think they thought that like random children wandering midlothian turnpike would like try to wander in you know i mean it just didn't make any sense i don't know like they would be attracted to that because
0: oh they had a a fun place because of kids right
1: and then they would come in and then i would like sell them dildos you know i don't really know what the what the fear was really but yeah
0: so that just blew over with no... It blew over, yes.
1: Yeah, because yeah, there was really nothing wrong So with how it. about
0: as a businesswoman, just mm-hmm. whatever kind of business this is? You've been at this since you were 22. Yes. Did you see... I mean, you obviously went to school initially for...
1: Fashion merchandising. So I knew mm-hmm. I wanted to do... Um, well, initially English and then fashion right, merchandising. Right, right. I wanted to do retail. Um, mm-hmm. And I kind of had like a vision for a, a clothing store slash piercing studio type thing. So it definitely mm-hmm. wasn't... Sex stuff, But once I started working at the lingerie shop, I got really interested in it. And I was already interested in the products and sex stuff anyway. Um, so, yeah, it just kind of kind of worked out. And it's a great um, it's a great business to be in. It's really fun.
0: <laughs> well, how do you so do you how do you like being a businesswoman in general, like dealing with having to I mean, do you. Do you have to work at the locations now or are you sort of at the level of... No,
1: I'm just wherever. (laughs) It's great. Mm -hmm. Um, I've got an office above the Broad Street shop and that's where I am a lot of the time and I kind of float around between the stores, Um, you know, float around between coffee shops. I, you know, kind of I'm just wherever, which is nice. I don't work on the floor anymore. I'm on the floor sometimes, but I'm not like scheduled for shifts. So it's nice to have that freedom. There's a lot of um, you know, responsibility and headache also, but it's well worth it.
0: Mm-hmm. And do you, as a, um, as an entrepreneur and a small business person, mm-hmm. like how do you feel about the climate that has existed in over this large swath of time that you have been a business owner? I mean, it's been a good 15 years.
1: Yeah. Yeah. 14,
0: 14 years. mhm so as a uh, business person, you know, like, has could you have you been able to tell based on, like, who's the president or who's the governor or who's, you know, are you not in Henrico really.
1: or Richmond? Um, two of the stores are in Henrico, yeah. Midlow is in Richmond. Um, yeah, not really. Honestly, we've been, things have been getting better every year that I've been there, um, so yeah (laughs) that really the
0: recession doesn't affect no you know i
1: think i think people need they need you know sex toys and booze when when the times are tough (laughs) that much more
2: yeah
0: huh i I mean it's it's very interesting to me because i it was the idea of being in business and thinking about business was not i i really thought that that would impinge upon being creative and and like say writing or, or something like yeah. that you know that it, well, that's I, for the muggles you i
1: know? took a pretty big break from writing um when i started taboo and when i was really you know when i was working on the sales floor a lot and when all of my energy was going in that direction and then i kind of got back to it through taboo because i started doing the toy reviews and the blog and stuff like mm-hmm. that um, and i've done like some like other like you know art sex articles and other publications and then I kind of realized, oh, I can do, you know, it doesn't just all have to be. Like, I have time now, and I, mm-hmm. I can do other things. And that's when I started my pooandwheel.com. It's my kid blog. And then um, started going through the journals and, and experimenting with other things. Because What's I it called, Poo and what? Poo, it's P-O-O-H and Wheel, W-E-E-L. Are those your kids? Those are my kids, uh-huh. yes. Poo is my daughter. So and is my son.
0: it's your daughter that's the had the bug named Sicky Dead, is that yes, right? Yes, yeah.
1: She has a, a dead stink bug named Ziggy Dead. I know a lot about a you,
0: Obviously, like following what the hell you're doing. That's awesome. Like, Thank
1: you. I appreciate it.
0: It's, it's also, it is awesome for me, too, when I have somebody in here to talk that I actually know what the fuck they do. Yeah, that's great. Because like, a lot of times, I just like, that would be a cool person to talk to. And then and just see what happens. I don't know. Yeah. You know, and sometimes it flows, and sometimes it's awkward as shit. But you know that, That's just really, I, I think it's awesome that, i mean for me it's taken me until just these last few years to realize that doing business and like especially if you're the business is something that you dig
2: Mm -hmm. you know
0: and like there's no disconnect you know yeah like i i represent a food service wholesaler so i Mm -hmm. like food i like restaurants i like the idea that what i'm doing is supporting independent restaurants and and all of that but that like you can be as creative you need to we got a heart out here pretty soon. Yeah. We're, we're, all, we're basically okay, cool. there I at the end. I Do I even need to finish this off? Okay. So <laughs> there's no reason why you can't be creative and be a business person. Yeah.
1: And yeah. There's absolutely. no reason why
0: you can't apply the same energy to, to like um, that you would to figuring out like a problem with writing or figuring yeah. out a problem with the painting to figuring out like that about like the functioning of a business.
1: Yeah. Yeah, true. Yeah. And I think um, I think for a long time, the business was kind of all consuming mm-hmm. and I've I've got an awesome general manager. I've got great store managers. And so kind of more recently, I've realized that I can focus on on business X number of hours a day. And then like my routine generally, I'll I end up like before I come home at a coffee shop going over journals and stuff like that. So I've got things segmented. And then after, you know, when I get home, it's I'm I'm not on my work email. I'm usually like writing at night. Um, So, yeah, you just have to remember to make time for all of the things you love and not get totally consumed with work because Mm -hmm. work, whether I mean, you might hate your job, you might love your job, but there there's other things out there. um, Other parts of yourself. And I definitely let the writing part of myself kind of slip away for a bit there
0: i let this podcast slip away for a bit too i I, mainly because i need i got it's not even because of work yeah because like every time i do something like this in richmond like originally it was writing for punchline that was like the first Mm -hmm. thing i put out there yeah or playing in the devil tones or whatever i start off like really psyched to like contribute to the cultural life of this town and then i get like them <laughs> <laughs> i get to this bitter like you know yeah. nobody appreciates like i said in yeah that thing, yeah you know yeah. and that was i was talking about playing one of my practice tapes for my band for my friend and him being for me it was like i can't believe i'm playing the drums in a band can you fucking yeah believe this? yeah you know, i was like 26 i just started like at yeah. 25 and he was like whatever you know uh, and like and that's like that's my thing is i always you know i keep you have to stay true to that like yeah. you're doing it because you want to do it you're never going to and everybody's not gonna like it you're never right it's it's gotta be for you you. it has to
1: be it has to be for you which is what you know the journal thing definitely was like when I first started the Instagram for it I was like I'm not I didn't put my name on it I you know it was kind of like I'm just gonna put this out here for me I wasn't even gonna follow anybody I knew I was just you know whatever um and then I was like well I don't know like I guess it's okay and um so it kind of went from there but it was never like I think I write good things and I want everybody to love them. You know, it was more just like, I'm going to put it out there and, if people want to read it you know and, mm-hmm. and people have read it and that's really flattering and awesome and it makes me feel really good but that's definitely not why it's there yeah which is probably why I like it
0: <laughs> I think and and I really do think that uh, you know people can tell when it's being put out there like that and that's yeah. more attractive to a lot of people yeah you know there are many people that prefer stuff that was created for their consumption and that's all they know yeah but like I, I love this the way that it is like you know you're it's vulnerable and it's, you know, you're, you're really, you're sharing something real and, and intimate and it's very courageous. It's also, thanks. What's
1: tricky about throws to the sky in particular is that it, I talk about so many other people. So there's that other element of like, Oh, if I put this out there, are they going to know it's about them? And are they going to think like once or twice I've, I've strategically posted something on purpose for a person to read, ah. but usually it's like, you know, uh, was it a this is passive aggressive
0: adding. move or was uh, it just like no, a secret? More you know?
1: like, um, somebody that I wasn't currently really talking to that, you know, that I wanted to just be like, Hey, this is how I'm feeling. Like, mm that I it, you know I can't express it another way so here it is but more times than not I'm like oh man I hope this person doesn't think I'm trying to like tell them something because I'm really not or like it's not even about them and they probably think it is you know there's all that to yeah to think about too but I just try not to think about it so uh, if anybody's listening to this and they've been offended by anything I said I didn't mean it <laughs> no you
0: should say fuck you yeah. <laughs> well the, the apparently like a lot of romantic poetry and madrigals and songs and all of this stuff Came about so that people could speak to somebody right, yeah. without them being busted for speaking to them. Yeah, like, yeah. You know, courtly, the shit, you know, you got a husband, you got a wife, and these people really entertain themselves by passing secret messages through right. songs and poetry, you know, set up affairs or maybe never even re- have the affair. They just yeah, do the thing. Do it through there, yeah. Yeah. There's certainly, I, I put shit like that on Facebook. But then I take it down because I'm like, you know, (laughs) because when I see somebody else obviously pointing, putting some shit up that's meant for somebody in particular, right? Yeah, you need to see a doctor. Uh, Yeah, (laughs) just talk to the person. (laughs) (laughs) All right, that's a good place to wrap it up there. Thanks for coming over.
1: Yeah, thank you. This is fun.
0: All right. Now, see, that was that wasn't so bad. I shouldn't be so embarrassed, right? I reckon. Who listens to this anyway? About ten people? I don't know. It doesn't really matter. I enjoy doing it. I really enjoy these conversations. I always get high from them, get so excited, which accounts for the fact that I forget to ask people questions about themselves and we just end up talking about what I think. But, uh, you know, that's part of this ritual process, is that it is my goal to be a better listener. It is my goal to be more engaged in others. And once again, I forgot to turn the fucking music down. So you can probably hardly hear what I'm saying. But, yeah, it is my goal. I consider it a form of meditation to listen to people and not to be thinking about anyone, anything else when they're talking. And it is a, as lofty a goal as sitting in quiet meditation in zazen and emptying your mind. It is as difficult for me to empty my mind of my own agenda and my own thoughts and my own what is it desire and aversion aversion and desire something like that baseline of all of the thoughts and feelings and emotions I can't always empty my mind but I think it's a worthy practice and I've seen the benefit of being able to find that space between just sort of being in a shit show of thinking all the time And being able to stop your thinking and be receptive. Be receptive to what another person is saying. Being receptive to what another person's needs are. Being receptive to the fact that the sun is shining. Being receptive to the fact that you are alive in this moment, man. And it really doesn't matter what's going on tomorrow or next week. And all of these little plastic shitty plans about saving money for retirement and... What are you going to do on vacation and where you're going to be? You don't have that yet. You only have maintenant, ahora, right now, the moment that you are in. So you listen. I practice listening. Let's all listen. And let's not just wait to talk, but actually acknowledge the person that we're talking to and listening to and create the space for them to be they that's what I'm working on I hope you I hope you can work on that too I'll see y'all
2: later